everybody. It's Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. I am TJ DeSantis along with Pearl Gonzalez. And uh, Pearl, it, it really has felt like it's been forever. And, and I don't even know this backdrop. Like, where where are you in the world today? <laughs> it's been so long, TJ. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've traveled around the world and come back. You're like um, a gypsy these days. You're nomadic with your uh, travel uh, plans. No, I really, really am now, like, for real. Uh, I'm actually in Miami. I just touched down here in Miami yesterday. I'm here uh, to live for the next couple months and, and try it out. I'm going to do my fight camp, and so I'm starting camp um, tomorrow, Monday, you can say. So I'm here, and, and uh, I'll be in Miami for the next couple months. Well, I've always said that when you travel anywhere, Pearl, you live wherever you are. I witnessed that when we went to Mexico and you bought like a month's <laughs> worth of groceries for like three days. So, uh, well, good luck putting the roots down uh, in Miami. Let's jump out to uh, Las Vegas in the Apex, which is uh, where the UFC fight night went down. We saw the number nine ranked, uh, well, uh, featherweight Edson Barboza take on the number 10 ranked uh, Giga Chikadze. And tonight belonged to the Georgian uh, Giga Chikadze really showed why he is an elite striker and fighter in this uh, division. When you look at what he does, a lot of it is flashy. A lot of it sometimes might be for show. We saw some axe kicks, but it's also effective. And we've seen some unorthodox strikers have these sort of dynamic, uh, you know, kicking offenses. But I, I don't feel like we've really seen anyone quite like Giga Jakadze in the way that he works, Pearl. He he, he throws his, this axe kick with, with purpose. Maybe he doesn't land all the time, but it really sort of makes uh, opponents respect everything that he does because he can get away with it. He doesn't throw these kicks willy-nilly and end up paying a price for it. And with again, you know, someone like Edson Barboza, who's no slouch in the kicking department in his own right, we saw Chikadze really sort of out Barboza, Barboza tonight, uh, getting the stoppage in the third round. Oh my gosh, what an incredible performance Geeka put on. Like He's so patient. I think that that is what I admired most tonight uh, by his performance. He was just so patient. If you watch, he's never throwing just to throw. He's very patient and composed. He moves forward. There's not a lot of wasted energy coming out of him, and he displayed that tonight. He had a, had, had just beautiful timing. And, you know, impeccable accuracy. There's a big word for me. Uh, he had great accuracy tonight. And, I mean, the the power that he showed tonight was was awesome. Impeccable. Did Tia write that one down for you? Or did you come up with that one all on your own? I came up with that one all on my own. I was actually thinking about it because she's like, are you doing it? Because, you know, she's had her list, actually, for right. the last couple of weeks. And I haven't, I haven't been on extra rounds. So she's like... Are you doing extra rounds? I have a list ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, impeccable is a good word because Jakadze came back to uh, the corner and his coach, Master Rafael Cordero, literally had no advice for him. Was like, you're doing great. I've got nothing for you. Go out there, I guess, maybe double up on the jab and continue doing what you're doing. And again, against someone as experienced as Edson Barboza, who has had success not only at um, uh, featherweight, but also lightweight weight uh Chikadze, this is by far and away the best performance of his career not only because he gets the stoppage but getting the stoppage over a proven commodity like Edson Barboza a top ranked uh featherweight this says a lot about the Georgian moving forward 
Oh my gosh. So, and Barbosa, what I, what I really liked from Barbosa tonight is he put a lot of pressure on Gike and he had, he had Gike constantly moving and having to adjust. He had pressure on him. Um, you know, I, I think that he had a hard time kind of figuring out the range and, and how to utilize his pressure because every time he did get an inch into range, uh, Gike was immediately capitalizing on it. But the pressure was constant from from Barboza, no matter how many shots, up until the point that he was actually really hurt and um, and was trying to just survive and really deal with what was happening in front of him. He was just constantly coming forward at Gike, and, and Gike stood composed. He stood calm and threw through the right shots when he needed to. And oh my gosh, that that ending was that was that was amazing. No, phenomenal. Uh, you know, Edson was sort of protesting a little bit, but uh, you know, I think Jason Herzog made the right choice. And also, we're we're talking about the uh, striking uh, offense of Giga Chikadze. Let's not forget he had some submissions up his sleeve as well. And Edson Barboza is is well versed on the floor. You know, he was able to escape uh, the the Dars and 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 Bravo choke. Uh, uh, um, uh, attempts there by by Giga Chikadze, but uh, uh, other fighters might not have been able to battle through that. So really, a, a well-rounded, full-bodied performance from Giga Chikadze, who uh, you know his, his corner was saying, "Hey, you know, call out the champ. Let's get a title fight." He didn't necessarily go that far on the mic with Paul Felder, but he did say he'd like to fight Max Holloway. Obviously, I'm not a matchmaker, but I will tell you, if you're putting on Giga Chikadze and Max Holloway, take my money. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing when he when he called him out. I was like, oh, my God, that's an incredible fight. And, you know, Max is so game for that, too. Max is sitting there like, yeah, that's exactly what he what he wants. It's a huge fight. Um, and and Geeky, you know, uh, dang, I had something I wanted to add add on to what you were saying. I lost it. I'm sorry. Was it about the submissions that he also had? Yes, it was. It was the submissions. Oh, my gosh, that anaconda, Darce, whatever you want to call it. Like, I was sitting there like, oh, my God, if he finishes this fight right now with this submission, like, how awesome would that be? Because Barboza did attack. He had, a, he had a leg attempt there. You know, it was it was a little more, um, uh, like, an, based on emergency. But, I mean, he still is, is great on the ground. I mean, Edson's is a legend. He's been around forever. And, and to tie up and lock in that darts, that was impressive. Um, Barboza did the, the right thing. He posted on the hips. He went flat. He... He did the right things to get out of that choke. Anybody that was was may not have been that sharp or that that able to deal with what Edson Barbosa was dealing with in that moment might not have gotten out of that choke. That choke was in tight. It was it was great technique. I mean, he looked awesome tonight. He used his striking to set up a to, to set up the the submission. And and he what he did is he just he frustrated and flustered his opponent to give him that submission. I mean, Barboza gave him that submission. He didn't even have to hunt for it. So it was just a great performance. No, 100%. And uh, a performance that Chikadze is getting 50 large for as well. Uh, he is uh, receiving a performance of the night bonus, which is, again, well-deserved because not only did he just have a, a great night and a great outing, but it was uh, against uh, a top-shelf opponent. It's one thing you know, to come up and, and sort of make a name by, by showcasing your skills, but when you do it against uh, top-shelf competition, it just magnifies uh, everything. Now, we're talking about a potential fight with Max Holloway for Giga Chikadze. I, I do like that, but you know when you look at this uh, featherweight division, notoriously over the years, there have been really good wrestlers. Chikadze still at the end of the day 
is a, a a striker at his core. But again, we saw some submissions. When he takes on more grappling-based fighters at the higher level, do you think he's going to have to change his style too much, Pearl? Or is he going to be able to remain this dangerous striker, you know, with submissions uh, up his sleeve? I think, you know, he said it tonight in his interview. He's still working on, he's working on his grappling. He's very aware of where his, you can't even call them holes where the, the not-so-strong part of his game is. He's very aware of that, and he's working to, he's working on that. But, I mean, someone like Holloway and, and, you know, some of these guys that are at the top of the division, they're not, they're not really – Max Holloway's not wrestling him. Right. Max Holloway's going to strike. And so I think it was a really smart, really smart move on his end, especially for that fight. One, it's just fireworks everywhere, him against Holloway. But, two, that also gives him more time – to, to work and, and focus on his grappling and, and to, to make that stronger. And, um, you know, again, Giga is the type of fighter that he doesn't waste energy. He's not going to throw this strike just because. He's not, he's not throwing this kick just because. Everything is very calculated. It's timed. And it has a purpose and with intention. And so I think that that is really going to help him transition into the, to the grappling and deal with the, the wrestling and the, and the grappling defense. She's Pearl Gonzalez. I am TJ DeSantis. This is Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. Appreciate you uh, joining us here live on the uh, Facebook page. You can always check us out uh, on podcast or archive anytime over on UFC Fight Pass or download us uh, anywhere you do get podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that uh, fun business. But, uh, you know, we're talking about a, a fantastic main event. We also saw really high stakes in our co-main event when we crowned a new uh, Ultimate Fighter winner. We saw Brian Battle defeat uh, Gilbert Urbina. Uh, Battle you know, had some trouble early in the first round, but came back and you know, I feel like we always see these ultimate fighter finales live up to this pretty incredible uh, sort of bar. You know, it's, it's the culmination of a tournament and it goes back to Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner won. Like, this setting where you're fighting for a UFC contract, it just seems to bring the best out of these athletes and for Brian Battle, he was able to get his hand raised after you know suffering some adversity uh he gets a submission though at 215 of round number two. Oh my gosh what a fight that was that was a, a really fun fight to watch how cool was it too to see like to see the fighters in their venom and their venom outfits and their fight kits and then also to see the ultimate fighter i thought that that was really unique and cool to see tonight but yeah the 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 coming event i mean what was okay wait it was urbina urbina came out like Holy smokes. He was so ferocious. Right. I mean, he landed some great shots. He was nonstop. He was not, he was, he was there for the win. And, and he did such a great job in that first round. And Battle just did a great job of staying composed, weathering the storm, waiting for that opportunity to come. And when he did, he was able to get to his back and, and, and choke him out. I mean, and that was really cool also for him to kind of, um, shout out Craig Jones, which is one of the best jujitsu players in the world. Yeah. And just talk about how he utilized what he had taught him to to finish that submission. And that's something too that I think people really don't give a lot of credit to. It's it's not easy to finish a rear naked choke in mixed martial arts because of the gloves. You know, you have to really be savvy in, in you know how you feed and lace that arm underneath the chin and you know to, to do it the way that battle did, like it, it was solid and, and again to show 
shout out Craig Jones. Like, I got a soft spot for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know you do. And, uh, you know, to hear Craig Jones, who is just a submission fighter, influencing modern-day, high-level mixed martial artists, like, I I smile at that because there's always been a real close personal relationship between mixed martial arts and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And as the sports, you know, both evolve, I feel like some people think that Jiu-Jitsu is far and away different uh, from the sport of mixed martial arts, but there's still so many basic concepts that, you know, someone like Craig Jones can really teach a a mixed martial artist, uh, you know, to do things differently and ultimately get wins in the UFC because of it yes and i mean you'll you'll never stop learning and working on your defenses your your offenses in these submissions i mean jujitsu like mma is evolving so fast and um yeah the the rear naked choke is the most common submission so therefore typically is is probably the the not the easiest but it's the most studied defensive so it's it's a it's not a high Success rate right. to yeah. finish a rear naked because so many people have good off or excuse me good defense yep. to the rear naked. So yeah, it was it was cool to hear him say that. It was cool to watch him sink that in after he just dealt with this storm. I mean the um Ur- Urbina yep. Urbina threw Urbina. that spinning back elbow. I'm so I did good today. Uh, he threw that spinning back elbow and like you know he he came with some big shots. He came with intentions and he talked about his. His brothers, which how cool is that? His older brothers were also in the Ultimate Fighter, had also competed. So he came in wanting to win that for his family and had a lot of intentions and a lot of purpose in, in his in his fight. And uh, Battle did such a great job of just weathering and, and then pulling out that sub. You mentioned the rear naked choke. I, you know, talking to Eddie Bravo, he he talks about the rear naked choke being the ultimate sort of goal in, in jujitsu. You know, when you take the back of someone, you should be able to finish him. That's that's the whole goal. That was a lot of the whole goal in the early UFC days. Once someone gave your back, it was generally over. And nowadays, Pearl, when I see athletes get mount, people will give up their back and, and not really worry about that rear naked. It's just a better option than taking ground and pound and uh, again I, I love the idea of, of people mastering that submission even more and getting tricky with it and we saw uh, Brian Battle again uh, get his hand raised and earn that ultimate fighter trophy uh, and, and you're right there's something special about those ultimate fighter fight kits it's like a throwback uh, to the early days of tough and you know it, it made it made it come back here in 2021 and we crowned a, a new winner uh, in the ultimate fighter at 185 pounds and that wasn't the only Ultimate Fighter uh, contract that was uh, handed out. We saw Ricky Turkios uh, defeat uh, Brady Highstead, and this was a fight that really could have gone either way. Uh, you know, I, I mean, hand out contracts to both. It's not as as dramatic as as Bonner and Griffin, but both of these guys over the course of three rounds prove that they belong inside the UFC, and I'm sure we're going to see uh, Highstead get those opportunities just as much as uh, Ricky did by uh, you know winning that uh, contract here tonight do you know if either of those guys got a fight bonus because that fight was insane i'm uh looking producer steve has given us uh the the bonus information they did not they did not get a wow. bonus but you know wow. that that doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't getting something you know that aren't necessarily performance of the night because these guys definitely deserved it i i know that oh, there's a, a winner here with with Rick, ricky turkios but like Again, both guys did everything they needed to do to, to prove that they belong, and uh, I think we're going to see both of these men in, in the octagon for a long time. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I'm watching this fight, and, I mean, it there was non 
stop action this entire fight start to finish and i'm just thinking at the third round like oh man if they have to do a four if they have to go a fourth like, yeah what and and one one gen uh turkeyos was actually he did he celebrated he i think he felt he knew he won and they were like uh, -uh get down because right. we might have a fourth round i can't imagine what that's like after having a fight like that a war like that and yeah. having to go out there and do a fourth but man, that fight was so much fun. There was just so much back and forth. There was counter after counter in the grappling and the striking. Like it was just back and forth nonstop. It that was an awesome fight. Because part of you just has to be relieved that it's over, right? Like I mean, you know, you you want to win, and if you got to go out there and do a fourth round, obviously both guys were were game. But after 15 hard minutes like that, like I don't care how good a shape you, you you're in, part of you is like, oh. I can relax. We did it. It's over. Oh my gosh! I mean, they were just nonstop. The pace, the the they kept that pace that full fight too. I mean, it was how many strikes? I think it was two hundred strikes thrown in the first round alone. Yeah. And like, oh my gosh! And then the grappling exchanges that happened. There's, you know, um, what's his name went for that flying dart or excuse me, flying guillotine. He jumped guard and went into the guillotine, and then. Uh, what's his name? Hesta? Hesta? How do I say his name? High stand. High stand. And then high stand immediately rolled through it. And, and then Turkios ended up on top. I mean, it was just nonstop counter after counter. And uh, it, it was cool. Like, both of those guys were very high level, were very, you know, toe to toe, so to speak, very, very uh, similar in skills. Yeah. I mean, Not they were similar, evenly matched. But, evenly matched it was such an evenly matched the fight could have went either way and you right. couldn't be mad at the, at no. the call no um although i i am happy that turkey has got the opportunity to get on the mic because he he crushed that post-fight interview with with felder oh my god i wanted to cry it was so good it was so good and what he said you know he just he brought so much positivity into into it and that was cool to see not too often do we see that? Do we see someone bringing in a lot of positivity? He had a great message to the to the youth and to the up and comers, and um, you know it wasn't. It was just different. It was it was really he was he's awesome. He's and, awesome. And that's one thing I think too that the narrative sort of gets lost with the Ultimate Fighter, you know, coming back but still being very established over the course of you know the 25, 26 plus seasons or whatever. I don't even know what season they're on. It's got to be close to thirty at this point. Um, th this still is an introduction every single time it is it is out to people that maybe are somewhat aware of the sport but don't watch it like people get sucked into the sport still through you know vehicles like this with the ultimate fighter and you want these personalities to not only shine with their uh you know combat sports abilities but be polarizing uh in in exciting personalities that bring you in and you know what more could you want from ricky turkios who uh delivered in the fight and again on the post-fight interview yes and i mean you know that third round it was impressive you know he had to dig he had to dig deep somewhere you know real deep to come out and to not stop punching to not stop putting the pressure to not stop wanting to win and showing the world he wanted to win and um, then to come out with a speech like that it was it was it was impressive yeah i actually had a question for you i was thinking so the commentary was talking about uh they weren't sure if any any of the um ultimate fighters have ever went the fourth round they have not as as far as i know uh i know they've had some sudden victory uh rounds in the actual show when the the fights used to be uh two rounds 
They've had to go to a third round to ensure that, but never in a finale like that, no. Okay. I was wondering. I was like, TJ should know this answer. Yeah, I mean, really, the <laughs> only way you're going to get to that uh, is if there's, you know, a fighter drops two rounds, then he comes back and wins a 10-8, or if there's a point deduction, or in the very rare instance that one of the judges, uh, or I guess maybe all three judges, uh, score around 10-10, which, you know, I I'm all for 10-10 rounds. If a round could have gone either way, uh, there's no stronger argument for that round being scored as a draw in a 10-10, but uh, judges don't like doing that. Okay. What do you think about 10-10 rounds? Because I could talk all day about 10-10 rounds. I mean... I think that there's always like a little bit of an edge somewhere. I I, I don't know how often you see a ten ten. There's oh, you don't see it often. I don't I don't think you see it no. often. But I think in that case where you're like trying to come up with an argument on why someone like don't try to find an argument. Just do both fighters a favor and go. You both did enough to win. I can't make a decision. Ten ten. I say we see less than probably two ten ten rounds a year in all the fights that happen. That's crazy. So that to me, that that's how rare it is. Because a lot of people say, "Oh, well, then judges aren't going to make a decision." No, judges will always make a decision. It's not going to be a, a cop out. But I do believe that you should encourage a judge if they are stuck to go. All right, you know what? I can't come up with a decisive factor on who won that round. So ten ten. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, these are these are people that are, I mean, these fighters are putting everything on the line. And if it is that close, then yes, absolutely. It should be a 10-10. Um, but I always, I don't know, I feel like there is, there's something small that you got to look for, right? Sure. And, and, and more often than not, Pearl, I think you're right. I think it is there. You know, we, we score rounds on effective striking and grappling and then aggression and control in that order. If you have to go all the way down to control to figure out who won the round, and if you don't have an answer, that's when you put 10-10. But if you don't have an answer prior to that, I mean, that, that's insane because more often than not, uh, control in the cage is not going to be the, the decisive factor. Someone did enough, whether it be in the striking or grappling department, for you to go, yeah, you won the, you won the round. Okay, got it, got it. Just so my thoughts. another question. Yes. Who was, which fight was it with the mouthpiece? Oh, man. Uh, I believe, I think that was the Turkios fight. I, th I think yeah, like so so that that mouthpiece clearly left the octagon it <laughs> went through the fence like i don't know who decided you know i'm just gonna chuck it back in but that thing left the building <laughs> oh god and it was clear and it was clear too so go figure that no that was insane that was hilarious so someone just decided to pick it back up throw it in no, i'm sure no one cleaned it it just went right back in the mouth they could have landed in someone's shoe you know how know. rare it is to get a mouthpiece to actually go through the chain link like it's, it's gotta be perfect it, it happened uh not long ago a couple years ago there was a war of a fight and upon the final bell one of the athletes chucked their mouthpiece at the floor in a fight that i was calling and it bounced went right through the fence and went right between my and my color commentators heads like just went whoo and i was lucky enough to like not really notice it but afterwards we got off the air and one of the the guys cage side was like do you know you almost got plunked in the head by a mouthpiece and i was like i thought i felt something uh that would have been awesome i, I mean that thing. I, I bet you and i could not get a mouthpiece to go through the chain link 
on like 50 attempts of throwing it through. Oh my god, that sounds like a really fun challenge, actually. Well, International Fight Week is coming up. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, that might be something we should do. Yeah, you know, I mean, that'd be a fun game. Be a fun Who game. Wins? What, what does the winner win? I don't know. I mean, I'm down for bets, so <laughs> We're, it's definitely not going to be howler headshots for you. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Let's uh, let's continue on in our uh, action for the evening. Uh, she's Pearl Gonzalez, by the way. I'm TJ DeSantis. It's extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. Um, we saw. You know what? I'm going to go to this one first because this was a fun fight. Oh. Daniel Rodriguez and Kevin Lee was was a phenomenal bout. Um, you know, Daniel Rodriguez does enough to get his hand raised. Uh, Kevin Lee thought that he had done enough, but you know, Daniel Rodriguez, what he did tonight over the course of this fight is is what I talk about, uh, you know, being the, the biggest factor in mixed martial arts, and it's the ability to adjust. Kevin Lee had a good game plan, but for my money, D-Rod did everything he needed to do to steal that momentum from Kevin Lee and walk away with the judge's decision. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it was definitely a, a close fight, but at, at the end of it, on the final bell, I, I was pretty confident that Daniel Rodriguez had done enough to win this bout 29-28, and luckily for him, the judges agreed. I thought so, too. I thought that I was impressed with Daniel's D-Rod's um, straight punches. That, to me, is what won that fight. I mean, he was just on the button tonight with his jab and his right hand. Straight punches, straight down the pipe. Kevin Lee had the, the reach advantage, too. He was definitely the smaller fighter. But he had the reach advantage and just had a hard time adjusting to the the straight punches that were coming right down the pipe. Um, and you know, D. Rod did a great job of weathering the storm with the with the wrestling. Like uh, Kevin Lee came in really t really hard and and tough in that first round and put him on his back and and controlled the rest of the round and and threw some nice ground and pound in there. But D. Rod just he weathered the storm and he he never he didn't lose. I don't know the word, like he didn't get intimidated by the wrestling. Sure. He, he still, he still stuck to his game plan. He threw ones and twos. He stood very long and, and just kept it constant, kept constant, constant hands in, in Kevin Lee's face. And I, I think that that was the biggest, the biggest factor in, in this fight and, and why he won and why he was so effective in this fight. He never tried to get fancy he didn't try to over to overthrow and throw hard shots. I mean, he threw straight down the pipe and was able to shut down Kevin Lee's offense. And Kevin was throwing bombs. He had great kicks. I mean, he landed some really nice body kicks tonight. He was throwing bombs. He was in there trying to hurt and knock out D-Rod. And, and D-Rod just did such a great job by going straight down the middle. You know, this wasn't a classic style clash here of, of striker versus grappler. I think both guys are, are really well-rounded mixed martial artists. But you're right about the wrestling of Kevin Lee. Because when you are taking on someone who is relentless with that wrestling game, it can be a deterrent to sticking to a, a game where you throw straight punches and try to stand in the pocket with someone. And, you know, credit to, to D-Rod, again, like you said, to not get away with what ultimately won him the fight on the judge's scorecard. 
yards, and that's his ability to hit Kevin Lee, be confident, sit down on your punches, because more often than not, not even just making fighters more tentative from throwing punches, but a good wrestling base like Kevin Lee has will actually nullify some of the power of strikers like uh, Daniel Rodriguez because they're just not confident to sit down on their punches. They're always trying to move, always you know, th thinking about, do I need to sprawl here? And, and that can take away a significant amount of uh, effectiveness from you know the the power shots. Yes, agreed. And like, and he just kept it simple tonight. He kept it simple. He was in phenomenal shape for a two week fight. You know, he took this fight on a couple weeks. Looked great in there. Stood confident. Weathered the storm. I mean, this is his seventh fight since twenty twenty. Yep. I mean, he impressive, impressive. Yeah, and uh, you know he keeps putting it together in big uh, spots on television. The the Mike Perry win was big. This win was big. I mean, Kevin Lee is uh, you know an established commodity. So uh, this win says a lot about Daniel Rodriguez and, and where he's going. And uh, that's obviously upward here uh, at 170 pounds. I can't wait to see what is next for him uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, talk about weathering storms. We saw that Gerald Mearshart uh, defeated Mahmoud Muradov, uh, rear naked choke. Uh, the end comes at one. 149 oh of round gosh. two. Uh, you know, that's what I love about this sport. Like, never say never. Uh, Mearshart was a, a pretty big uh, underdog here. He, you know, was relentless with, you know, being competitive in this fight. And when he saw an opportunity to get to get on the back and get that rear naked choke, that's exactly what he did. And I'm, I'm you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, I love the ability for fighters to take the opportunity of someone giving up their back and having the fight end right there. And and just like not losing sight. I mean, he was hurt. Yeah. He was hurt in that first round. Badly. And it was, yes, badly. And it was nonstop. I mean, Murad, Murad. Uh, Mahmoud Muradov? It's all right. <laughs> Murada. Murada was like nonstop. He did not let off the gas. I mean, he was tough. He came, he knew he hurt him. He was trying to put him out and take him out. And, uh, Man, like the way that he weathered that storm and then came through with that submission was so cool to see. And especially because he's been in the sport a long time. He's seen a lot of adversity, you know, um, and it was just it was really cool that I really believe that that was his experience that he was able to rely on in that fight where he knew, OK, I'm, I just got to get through this round. OK, take my minute and take full advantage of this minute that I have this break to to get to get my you know, wits ends back and, and to go out there and execute that submission at the end and finish that fight was incredible. Yeah, solid night of action from, from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasure to see the Ultimate Fighter have their finale night again and, and hand out those contracts. There's always something sort of special in the air about that. And we were, again, uh, treated to a fantastic main event as Giga Chikadze gets past Edson Barboza with a TKO stoppage in round number three. Uh, you know, we're putting an end to August here, moving into a very busy September. But I want to fast forward and actually talk a little bit about November because it was made official. Oh uh, Madison Square Garden will host UFC 268 and the main and co-main events are sequels and they're awesome. Uh, Kamara Usman taking on Colby Covington for the second time. Uh, Welterweight Championship will be on the line and then we will see Thug Rose Namajunas take on Zhang Wei Li uh, for the Strawweight Championship. Uh, I mean, New York City, it is a fighting mecca 
And, you know, there, there were talks on whether or not the UFC was actually going to be able to go there this year with all the, the COVID and, and the protocols and everything that's going on. But now we have a firm date. We have two amazing main events and the stage is set for an epic fight night that you cannot miss, Pearl. Oh, my God. The card stacked. And then you, you didn't even mention the Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, like right. the whole card. They showed the lineup, and it was like, holy smokes, this card is stacked. Like, that is going to be a fun night of fights for sure. I'm thinking we need to go to New York City. I'm thinking. Maybe. I'm thinking. I mean, I just left New York I, City, I know, but, but, yeah. it, but I mean, that means you've <laughs> scouted out the area, and you can take me all to the best places. Okay, we're definitely getting pizza and bagels. I mean, I like pizza and bagels in any city, but I, apparently New York's pretty good. They're the best. They're. The, I mean, I love pizza. My my city's gonna kill me for saying that, but I love their pizza. I love New York's pizza and their bagels. I've never had bagels like hey, I've had in New there, York City. There's nothing wrong with liking Chicago and New York style pizza. You know what pizza. I mean? So I kind. I mean, I kind of like New York pizza a little bit better. All right. Well, I mean, I kind of like Chicago style <laughs> pizza better, and I'm not even from <laughs> Chicago, so I've evened it out. Okay. Good. All right. Good. Good. Um. Uh, getting back to this fight card, though, one thing that I think about when when you look at these the these main events, the co-main and the main, they are sequels. Both fights were very good. Um, you know, the first go around. Is there pressure on these athletes going into these fights, knowing that the first time you know fans were electrified? Is there pressure to sort of have that second go around when the first one was you know an instant classic? I think for Usman, he loves that pressure. So, yes. Usman is that type of fighter. We've talked about this before. Uh, he's just – and he loves that pressure. He loves being the underdog. He loves having to prove himself. And, I mean, he's just getting better. He's he's improving and evolving so fast now. We haven't seen Colby in a long time and, and what he's been doing and how much he's improved and how hard he's working. And we do know that he's a very hard worker – but, I mean, Usman, the last Usman we saw was scary. He was a very scary, very scary inside that octagon. So this this fight is is definitely really interesting. Um, but I do think for, for Usman, he needs that pressure um, to, to perform. And as far as Rose goes, you know, I don't, I don't, she doesn't seem like the type that really needs that pressure. Right. I think she's just. She's just so in the moment. Um, she's constantly working her skills, and she's you know a very dedicated fighter. You can tell that her team and her corners um, really have it dialed in with her, and and she really understands what she's working on. She understands her skills. So I'm excited to see what's what's next because you know she had this. This is this isn't her first time either for a sequel after having this incredible, insane moment and winning right. the title. Yep. And. For the second time around, she, you know, she proved she's the best. And so um, I, I think she likes that. I think she likes that and she's ready and prepared for it. Now, Welly, you know, we, I feel like Welly, when we saw Welly her last time, we, we know she's such a hard worker. She's right. so talented. She's so very skilled. She's dialed in. She's 100% committed to this. And we didn't really get to see much of any of her skills any of her hard work right so maybe she comes into this fight with a chip on her shoulder or something to prove and that pressure where i've put in all this work i didn't have that opportunity this last fight um i need to prove it to tonight and and maybe we see a different Willie. and you know i i think uh jean Willie is going to 
deal with that pressure better this go around. You know, I think it threw her off when she was booed the way that she was when she fought Rose. And and now, you know, she's, she's going to be more acclimated to that uh, sort of atmosphere. Now, for Rose, she's going back to the site of where she upset Yuani and Jacek the first time. You know, this is hollowed ground at MSG for her. So, we'll we'll see how she, uh, you know, marks that return um, in this title defense. Uh, I Again, we're only talking about the co-main and main events, but Chandler versus Gaethje, like, I'm not trying to tell the UFC to raise the price because everyone (laughs) would hate me if I did that, but my God, like, this is a fight card that is worth more than you're honestly asked to pay. This is going to be one of those fight cards that you and I are going to sit and watch, like, two years down the road and still be like, holy shit, well, I, I'd, you know? I'd, I'd like to watch it together in the building on November 6th if we can make that happen. <laughs> but yes, I would probably watch it down the road as well because I'm always on Fight Pass watching watching events in, uh, in the library. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be like a classic. It's going to be one of these fight cards that you just never forget and you can always go back and watch when, when you, know, you want to see an amazing night of fights. I am so stoked for the the Gaethje and the Chandler fight. I mean, yeah. I'm going back and forth. The skill set, like, I don't know. I think that that I might call it early, but that might be definitely one of the fights fights of the night yeah and you know obviously we don't need to put an interim championship on it but when i say this i think you'll agree with me like that's a championship fight like that's a fight uh, at the highest level between two of the highest uh you know caliber uh athletes and yeah like i i think we're gonna see something really amazing and special between those two over the course of 15 minutes i agree i agree with you i'm excited that's an exciting night I'm excited to hang out next month. International Fight Week is like three, four weeks away. And uh, I'm kind of sad that summer is over. My kid's back in school. So, uh, you know, I got to be like a responsible parent making him do all his homework and stuff. But, uh, you know, with autumn comes uh, International Fight Week. And uh, I can't wait to see you back out in Vegas here in a few weeks. TJ, you live in California. There is no autumn. No, I know that. But it... Let me say this. My room in here, like, I don't have uh, air conditioning, so it's like 95 degrees with this stupid hot light on, so oh. it it will cool off a little bit, so that's my autumn. It's only going to be like That'd 85 be nice. degrees when I do the show instead of 95 to 100. That'll be nice. Maybe that's why I moved from, from New York, because fall was coming, and I'm like, screw this, I'm out of here. I need to go somewhere that is like 95 degrees super humid see you know you grew up in the midwest you know what winter is your bones could feel it coming pearl i was yeah i'm excited to be here for that for sure but yes i'm super excited for fight week i hope we get to do something really fun like i don't know some kind of contest yeah throwing mouthpieces through uh chain link fence (laughs) that's what we're gonna do you know who's gonna be there ray longo's gonna be there Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to keep you two apart, though, because I don't know what sort of shenanigans you'll get up to. No, we have to think of some fun stuff now, especially with Ray there. I'm excited for that. We're going to have to run around in the street like Chase Hooper did and (laughs) do trivia with people or something. (laughs) Something. Ray will definitely add some. He'll he'll add some flavor to this. We got to get his advice. Yeah, no, 100%. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pearl, I appreciate you staying up late. Uh, You know, good luck on the, I mean, I guess the move's sort of still in progress. Uh, down there in Miami, but uh, we'll, we'll touch base, I think, uh, this week and talk more about the uh, stacked UFC schedule that is coming up here in the month of September. Yes, super excited. TJ, so I moved, I, I bought an RV and I'm 
I want a, I want an apartment. Okay, there's too many bugs. Okay, Wait, like you bugs. want an RV, like a recreational vehicle? Yes. Okay, and but they're supposed to be recreational. They're recreational, yes. Pearl. They're not a home. They're not a home, but the, you know, I was unsure. I'm uncertain how long I'll be in Miami, and if I if I want to go somewhere else, and I just didn't want to make the same commitment that I did in New York, where I had a lease and an apartment and stuff. So, you know what I, I just did, figured I out? Did, I'm I'm going to do this. What? We're going to put an E in front of an RV and make it the extra rounds vehicle. There you go. And we're going to take there it all over the country. We can do that, but someone needs to come and get rid of these bugs, like the the spiders that are in here and the ants. Okay, it's no longer the extra rounds vehicle. You can do whatever <laughs> you want to with it. I don't want none of that. Oh, my God. I'm right. dealing with it, though. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. We'll talk to you maybe Wednesday or something. I will see you Wednesday. All right, bye, Pearl. Bye, good night. She's Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. It's Extra Rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. We are just about done. We're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap things up, and let you know what you need to know about because you might have missed some stuff. We're putting the bow on August, but uh, still some things to look forward to before uh, the months end here uh, on Fight Pass. It's Extra Rounds. We told you off the top it was going to be a great show. Look. We don't lie to you. Look at this. What <laughs> Matt has noticed that I am also bald. I, I gotta move my camera because you look like Cyclops when you move back. Dustin, look, he's he's matured into a great fighter. The biggest bank heist in the history of the world, you're not surprised. He was fearless. I want to be remembered as one of the greatest female fighters. Step into our world over at UFCFightPass.com. Live events. They happened this week. You might have missed some. Thursday, RJJ Boxing was back in action, as was uh, Lion Fight. Uh, if you haven't watched Lion Fight yet, do yourself a favor and go watch it. Muay Thai is uh, one of the funnest sports to watch by itself. Of course, the LFA was in action on Friday night, as well as AKA 17. All of those replays are available right now on UFC Fight Pass. And uh, tomorrow, or I guess later today, depending on where you are, Fury FC 49 is headed your way, starting at 5.30 Eastern. That is 2.30 Pacific time. Uh, again, step into our world over at UFCFightPass.com. At UFC Fight Pass, you can also find the archive of all of these shows. 80-plus extra rounds with myself, uh, Pearl Gonzalez, Dean Thomas, Ray Longo. Recapping every single event and always getting you ready for the next one, uh, which is pretty much coming up every single week. A lot coming up here in September as we get closer and closer to getting on the ground for International Fight Week. I'm excited. Hopefully you can make the trek out to Las Vegas and uh, actually come out and say hi to Pearl and I and Ray Longo. Hopefully Dean Thomas will be uh, hanging out as well. we got some things planned for International Fight Week in Las Vegas, and uh, you can be a part of them. So stay tuned to Extra Rounds for more information on that as we get closer. You can follow me on Twitter at TJ DeSantis, at Pearl Gonzalez, of course, at UFC Fight Pass. You want to get in touch, just use the hashtag Extra Rounds. Also, download the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Subscribe, leave a rating, and tell your friends.
that you like to go a few extra rounds from UFC Fight Pass. We'd appreciate it. Back on Wednesday as we look forward to the UFC's uh, schedule coming up here in September. Uh, hopefully Pearl will join me. Maybe, maybe we'll get Ray Longo as well. So we'll see you uh, probably Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time live on the Fight Pass Facebook page. For Pearl Gonzalez, I'm TJ DeSantis saying we'll see you next time for extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.